two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Okay, you and I listen to a bunch of podcasts lately. Yes. Yeah, we listen to My Favorite Murder. Wait, wait, don't tell me. No Such Thing as a Fish. And some uh, some of that singer man that you got you guys are friendly with. What's his face? You know, that sing guy who sings. <laughs> that narrows it down. You know, the one about marriage. The one I want to think I'm going to marry you. What's oh, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, that guy, your friend. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we listen to that guy too. Yeah. Uh, he, that kid's going places. He's got a nice voice. He's got quite yeah. the future ahead of him. I, I feel good about it. Yeah. If I were a betting woman, and I'm not, yeah. I'd say he was doing well. Did you put down a quarter? I would not. Oh. What? I'm never going to get that quarterback. Come on. <laughs> why were we Why were we in a car listening to podcasts for a long time? We were going to our hometown of Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kalamazoo. Where pickles were pickled for quite some time. That was its claim to fame for a while. Gibson guitars are from there. Taxi cabs were manufactured Checker there. cabs, yeah. Checker cabs, that's right. That's yep. right. And uh, one other thing, uh, why why were we visiting our, our hometown of Kalamazoo? Oh, to try on wedding dresses. I tried on so many wedding dresses. No, I didn't no, actually. You didn't try I on didn't any. do one. I went to the appointment. I showed her my Pinterest board. Mm-hmm. She said, oh, I think we have that dress. Went into the back, got it, tried it on. Got it done. Boom, bing, bang, bang. As far as I can tell, that's how wedding dress shopping always goes. You walk into the dress room, the dress you want is there. Uh-huh. You put it on and then you buy it. That's just... But the best part of the dress... What's that? For for all the women listening who mm-hmm. will understand just the fact that this dress has pockets. Yes, it does. Glorious pockets. And they look real nice. You were wearing it. You were trying on a different one just for kicks that didn't have pockets. And the poor saleswoman was like... We- you, you could get pockets put into it. What's no! the point? <laughs> I kept on like rubbing my hips. Like, yeah, where, where are I the, know. Where are the pockets? I have a skirt with fake pockets and I do it all the time. I'm like, why is the hand not going in? But uh, what, do we, what do we talk about on, on our podcast, Kate? Oh, this podcast, we mm-hmm. talk about uh, children's picture books. That's right. And, and, uh, and what about them? And if they are classics. Right. Or crap. Or crap. Exactly. This month... We've been doing picture books on the scary side, I would yeah, say. Yeah, this is going to be the last scary book of the I month. I don't want to give anything away, but I saved the scariest for last. Ooh. I'm not saying that Spooky Old Tree doesn't give one the Jim Jams, because it doesn't. <laughs> but this one, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good about it. It sort of wipes the floor with the island of the Skog and the Stranger and all that. It's, uh... It's quite, and it's a it's an author illustrator that we have never done before. Though he has created tons of stuff, so this is very exciting for me. I'm gonna pull it out of the bag. Boom! The Tailypo. Tailypo. It's called Tailypo. Who's it by? Told by Joanna Galdone. And who's it illustrated by? Paul Galdone. Paul Galdone. He uh, he was sort of notable for doing tons and tons of fairy tale versions. Uh, just m- at some point, uh, if you ever have children, you will end up with one of them. But you know, slightly lesser known, but 
far more disturbing is uh is the Taily Poe. Taily Poe. So, Taily Poe. Go read that book. Okay. While Kate does her read, let's talk a little about Paul Galdone. We've never done him on this podcast before, but the fact of the matter is that uh, he loved doing classic in the public domain type stories. Uh, he was noted for his colorful images and intricate detail, as well as being able to capture sort of the mood of a story. Uh, plus, he was funny. He had, a, he had a sense of humor. He had, he had a little wit about him. He tended to use pen and ink and washes. Um, he was inspired by Arthur Rackham and Walter Crane. Doesn't really look like either of them. I find it very interesting that he says those are his influences because they, they just don't seem to be. Um, he was nominated for, for Caldecott Medals. He got, he got honor books uh, for Anatole and Anatole and the Cat, uh, both of which were written by Eve Titus. Uh, and he, when he was posthumously was given the Curlin Award for his contributions to children's literature. And unsurprisingly, the Curlin Collection, which is at the University of Minnesota, is where you can find his works today. I believe that collection has like 103 titles uh, between 1952 and 87. They've got shooting copies, related materials to the Anatole books. Uh, there's some manuscript materials. There's just all dummies and layouts and paste-ups and pretty much anything you could possibly want related to Paul Galdone. So if you are curious, if you want to see some of the stuff that he did, you could go there or you could go and just buy his books. Tons of them are still in print to this day. He was quite the fella. Mm -mm. Hi. Hi. Well, that didn't end how I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, right field. That was, uh, yeah, not a happy ending. No, no, no. it's not. And that's in a picture book, my friend. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, okay. Well, let's just dive right in, shall sure. we? Sure. Have you seen the movie Best in Show? I have. I love Best in Show. So Christopher Getz, Guest's character has a bloodhound. Yes. And the very the title page of this book features three bloodhounds, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I immediately started thinking like pine nut, macadamia <laughs> nut, white macadamia nut. If you haven't seen Best in Show, it's probably the best of the Christopher Guest movies, in my opinion. I would. There's Spinal Tap. I mean, unless you can't. Well, Spinal Tap. Mighty Wind. Hard. There's a uh, yeah. for Guffman, which is really good, but I personally find of the post Spinal Tap. I would agree with you. Um, but scary. I think Spinal anyway. Tap is its own thing, yeah. But it's all about a, you know, dog show. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, got yeah. a bloodhound. These, yeah. these bloodhounds are perfect. Yeah, they are very well bloodhounded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's got a tiny house, chops wood, got mm -hmm. three dogs. All right. That's all you really need in life. And now, if this were going to be a movie, imagine Sam Elliott is the old man. Well, no, because I like Sam Elliott, so the, we need to have the a little mustache. more cranky. Yeah, no, the mustache is Elliott-esque. This guy has the yeah. Sam Elliott mustache. Yeah, it, it to is. To a T. Right. Yeah. He's got these three dogs called Uno, Eno, and Comptico Calico. Comptico Calico. Sure. That's fun to say out loud and really awkward if you're reading this book in front of a large group of kids and you didn't practice it before. Yeah, that's a, it's a weird name to throw in there. Uno, Eno, and Comptico Calico. Oh, it's Eno. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. Anyway, so he goes with his dogs to uh, hunt for some dinner. Mm. Um, all he ends up getting is a skinny rabbit. And he says, 
And, well, and it says, he headed home, afraid he might go to bed hungry that night. I'm like, he's going to go to bed hungry. All he fed the dogs was rabbit bones. I'm pretty sure they're going to be more hungry than he is. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've never understood how dogs just don't eat in these books. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of baffling. Can, can you give them some meat, please? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, there must be how very well trained. How do you not have, trained. like, a stash of food also? Like, how do you have nothing in the house? Like, like nothing. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. You live by yourself. You're not getting any younger. Right. What's your retirement plan? That's what I'm just trying <laughs> to say here. you have a 401k? Right, exactly. <laughs> your pension, man. Your pension. <laughs> so he cooks the rabbit, feeds the bones to the dogs, and uh, and all of a sudden there's something with a long, big, furry tail that creeps through the cracks of the logs in his cabin. That ain't right. How big of a gap was it? I mean, that place must be freezing if you've got big enough gaps that some critter can sneak through them. Right. I mean, this tail... And that tail is huge. It's huge. In fact, that's all we can see of the thing is just a tail. Well, he... It's very limber. He grabs a hatchet, cuts off its tail, Mm -hmm. and the creature slips away through the cracks and runs away just in time before he it to pieces supposedly so he takes this tail (laughs) he cooks it yeah and eats it yeah are you ever gonna be that hungry that you eat a tail that you eat a bushy furry i mean surely he must have taken the is gonna be on the tail right well i don't know if it's a really big tail like now i'm trying to think of some kind of prehensile tail that's disgusting Oh, it doesn't sound good, but the man's starving to death. Although he did just have a rabbit. He just so. had a rabbit. Yeah. I mean, that rabbit's not nothing. Right? He probably made a delicious stew. Well, he eats the tail right. and stuffs up the crack in the wall, and he goes to bed. With the remaining fur from the tail. <laughs> he goes to bed with a bug on his pillow. It's disgusting. <laughs> There's no mention of it in the text. <laughs> just the illustration shows this disgusting insect and he's, he sleeps with his mouth open and his uh, nostrils are huge oh that's going up his nose well, or in his mouth no, it's going in his mouth it's going in his mouth yeah uh, they uh, like damp places i mean already we're creeped out by the fact that he's hacked off a tail yeah eaten it yeah and now he's gonna eat a bug so good times uh, full belly so he wakes up in the middle of the night because something is climbing up the side of the cabin with a scratching noise <laughs> and he's like, who's that? And he hears something say, taily po, taily po, all I want is my taily po. That's the moment when I run. What? Be- if any creature is talking to me in the night, that's a bad sign. And yeah. you get, well, you do something, but you don't, I don't know. You, you invest wait around. in a lock, maybe? I mean, that's the thing. Like, you can't just run Barricade? out because then it can get you. So well, I guess. Well, he runs out. Okay. And... <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible plan. And he gets his dogs. He's got a gun or something, right? To... No, no weapon. He had a hatchet. I mean. Yeah, we know he has a hatchet somewhere. I mean, what was he sh- What was he hunting with earlier that he got the his rabbit? bare hands. Oh, that's a man. That's what a man does. I mean, with a mustache like that. Heck yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So yeah. he takes his dogs and he, like, gets them to go out and, and sniff the ground and chase the thing into the woods. Sure. Here's the thing. The dogs didn't freak out when they heard something talking in the middle of the night. Like, mine freaks out if it hears someone walking across the street on the other side of the block. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe these are like super laid back dogs. Maybe those bones were real good. Maybe they're deaf. Maybe they're deaf. I don't know. I don't know. That'd be 
kind of inefficient. So then he uh, goes back to bed and he hears something again and he hears a scratching noise and he says, who's that? And it says, Taily Poe, Taily Poe, I'm coming and get my Taily Poe. Now, what's the creepiest way you could say that? What's the creepiest way you can say it? Taily Poe, Taily Poe. Like something like that. Oh. That'd be good. That'd be like real creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's got to be like kind of animal, animal. So. Right. That was a little golem, though. It was. <laughs> it was a little. It was. <laughs> it was a little too golem for me. But if you. It I, was. I, it's Taily Poe and the ring, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I there you go. Yeah, exactly. I, it reminds me of the Where's My Big Toe story. Yes. It's like It's exactly that. like the Big Toe it's story. It's these creatures that are yep. missing something, mm-hmm. and it's all they want. Yep. And these humans can't give them back. Yeah. Like, I mean, in this case, literally give can't give them back. Give them the give toe them and give them the tail. Come yeah. on. The tail is, the tail's gone, man. You can vomit that up. I, I don't How long has it been? I mean, I don't know. It's been a couple hours. I don't think it's going to want that. I don't think it's going to be good enough. It clearly wants the actual tail back. What? Oh, you think it chewed it up and do you, maybe, I don't know what it maybe thinks. Maybe it's like it, a giant noodle that he just like slurped down. I don't think the, <laughs> I don't think that the creature knows what happened to its tail is what oh. I'm saying. Yeah. So I think it thinks it's just lying in a corner somewhere. He immediately calls his dogs again and they chase the thing into the swamp. Uh Is he losing dogs or not? No. No. Okay, in some versions of this story, the dogs, like the first time he sends them out, only two dogs come back. And then the oh, second time he sends them out, only one dog. They seem to have removed that very crucial, creepy element, which is interesting. I guess they thought that was too creepy for a kid's book. Because uh, we can deal with a, the what happens later, but we can't deal with dead dogs. Right, well. Yeah, I get that. So all three dogs go out and chase this thing into the swamp. And it says... We just leave them outside. He, he could hear something... From the swamp, and it says, you know, and I know, all I want is my Taily Poe. And there's a picture of this frog <laughs> that is like, screw it, I'm out of here. I'm <laughs> yeah, out. This place is... I'm out. Good, Good no. luck. I'm going to go find a different swamp. This is not my circus, not my monkeys, uh, not my drama. Maybe it's going to Tuesday. Maybe it's going to fly away <laughs> on the lily pad. Maybe. Maybe. Wait, what's the, what are the exact words that the Taily Poe says again? You know. <laughs> And I know. <laughs> All I want's my Taily Poe. Okay. That's how you should really do it. Like some smarmy like seventies car salesman, like you know, and I know. Maybe it could be like a like an Italian, like <laughs> look, you, you look. know, you know, and I know. <laughs> All I want is my Taily Poe. Okay, now that's how I want the whole book to be. No, don't, 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 don't. So he calls his dogs again and this time they don't come. And in my notes I wrote oh. The thing ate the dogs? Yeah. Well, I guess it really did. There's but no wait, trace it did it like them. one big it did them in one fell swoop. Well okay. it says that they the thing had led the dogs way off into the swamp and lost them. Oh. Well that's worse. Now they'll starve to death. <laughs> maybe not. Their dogs, they know how to catch their own food. That's well, maybe not these dogs. <laughs> these dogs are kinda of dumb. But uh <laughs> and possibly deaf. So yeah. We'll knows? just say they're dead. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the thing goes so the old man goes back to bed. Mm-hmm. and he can hear the scratching again, and he looks over the foot of the bed, and he sees two pointed ears, two big, round, fiery eyes, and he wants to call for help, but he can't. Now, here's a question for you. Sure. What does this thing look like to you? It looks if like you, a Muppet. A Muppet? That's how you would describe it. Yes, it's got Muppet eyes. Yes, it does. Yeah, so I'm sure. I mean, it's got great big Muppet eyes and sort of bunny ears, but thinner. I, I said, imagine Pikachu's evil twin brother. <gasps> oh, yeah. 
is gotta catch them all right yeah gotta catch all the tails i gotta catch all no i think all the it, old has, men? it has to catch all the old men so yeah you <laughs> and then do what it do. so it's crawling up oh, the bed that's creepy and it says it's creepy you know and i know that i'm here to get my daily po yeah where's and, your hatchet old man and the old man gets his voice and he says i haven't got your daily po and the thing says, yes, you have. And the old man goes, no, I don't. And the thing says, yes, you do. Give it back. And the old man says, no, I don't. Oh, sorry. That's not in the text. And then they do a slap fight. <laughs> Give it back. Mom. I don't have it. Give him my tail back. He's always saying I have it and I don't. So the thing jumps on top of the man and it says, scratched everything to pieces. Everything. <laughs> Yeah. What do we see when that happens? Like just well, there's pieces of the um, quilt. quilt. The quilt is really getting the brunt of it, in the right? Image but here. it's only a matter of time. Yeah, you just, quilts don't last. That long. quilt turns bright red. Right. Yep. Right. And then <laughs> it says, "Now there's nothing left of the old man's cabin." I was like, "Wait, whoa, what?" Except for the chimney. Um, what? But folks who live in the valley say that when a when the moon shines and the wind blows, you can hear a voice saying, Tailypo, Tailypo, now I've got my Tailypo. Oh. I'm like, this is the first kid's book with murder in murder. it. Well, probably, yeah. I mean, all right, that's interesting. And I have to go through every book we've done before to see if anyone's been murdered before, but probably not. I don't think so. So do kids ask how he got it back and do parents have to somehow explain what disembowelment is <laughs> like, uh yes that is correct yes 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 that is what you have to do if you are reading this now what the only context i can imagine is not that parents would read this to children but that a librarian would read this to a room full of jaded third graders <laughs> and be like all right i'm doing a halloween story and they're like it involves murder <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> tell us more Right, but it's just, I, I'm curious to know how people explain to the kids how it got its taily po back. Well, I think they ask the kids how they think it got the taily po back. And oh. then the kids come up with their own equally disgusting but very <laughs> different answers. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Now, this is a uh, this is an old story. Uh, this is a North American folktale. It has roots in both Appalachia and the South. Um, there are African American versions of it, um, but it is not. It did not originate uh, there, as far as I know. Um, and it has a million different names. It's sometimes called Taily Poe, and sometimes it's called the Big Toe. <laughs> 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 uh huh. I will actually put in the show notes a link to the site that lists a whole slew of different versions. But I would, I would like to read to you some of the titles, which. I find fascinating. Um, these have to do with the different slight variations. One's called The Devil's Big Toe. One's called Tater Toe. One's called Teeny Tiny. One's called... Can we combine them so it's Teeny Tiny Tater Toe? Teeny Tiny Tater Toe. Uh, <laughs> yes, but that sounds delicious, so no. <laughs> one's called Ezel and the Black Speckled Gizzard Stone, which I that's think... That's too long. That's just too long, yeah. But he you want to hear my favorite? <laughs> Without a doubt, my favorite is... Chunk O Meat. Ew. It is the actual name. O apostrophe meat with the word chunk 
That's at the beginning. That's not cool. Um, as I say, yeah, the dogs usually disappear one by one. Sometimes there's a hole in the floor, and that's how the Taily Poe comes in, which makes a lot more sense than the than the chinks in the uh, in the in the between the uh, the logs and the cabin. Um, and yes, he says usually these variations depend most heavily on the target audiences, with grisly embellishments removed for younger listeners. <laughs> sure. And then some some people have speculated that this legend is revolving around common anxieties for rural families in Appalachia, such as the fear of isolation or the fear of famine. And it can also be seen as a cautionary tale teaching children not to abuse animals. Ah, yes. Do not chop off that animal's tail. Or but, you will be torn to freaking shreds. But you can kill the rabbit and eat it and that's okay? Yeah, because it didn't just take the tail. If he had just chopped off the bunny's tail and ate that, that Aww. wouldn't be cruel. It's, it's, it's not cruel to kill something humanely. It's cruel to maim it in some way. I think that's true. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's logical. <laughs> Ratings time. So I love how it doesn't end on a cheery note. Not even slightly. I think it's perfect for I mean, Halloween. it's practically moralizing, but, you know, what's the moral? Uh, the illustrations Don't are- eat a tail. I guess. That's a good lesson. The illustrations are beautiful, uh, and they're very detailed, which I think is very cool. A watercolor wash. I gave it a good solid seven. Wow! It would be higher if the monster's illustrations were creepier. Yeah, it it's like he he couldn't commit to it. He gets the old man pretty grizzled, which is interesting, yeah. but he keeps it so furry mm-hmm. with such big eyes that it kind of... If he had decided to go all Stephen Gamble yeah. and just super creep that thing out, yeah. that would be even more terrifying. The text is actually quite terrifying, I yeah. would say. They get, don't they don't if you just get around. like an illustration of the claws, yeah. you know, claw, clawing up the bed or something mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. or like the eyes in pitch black and you, know, you only see, you know, like a glimmer of them. You know, something creepy. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, when I I used to work for New York Public Library and we were taught to do storytelling from different picture books and we had to memorize them and then do them in front of kids without having the book in the hand and this one was very popular for that hmm. because you can creep kids out with it without a, a picture in the world yeah but the pictures here are beautiful so yeah. that is a, that is a high that is a high rating um i'm not as high as you i'm not low it's a classic in my mind because it's it i respect a fairy tale or folk tale that isn't afraid to be freaky. Yeah. Because it had a job to do. And they, they're not diluting it. Like, you can look at all these, like, Brothers Grimm stories that were freakishly scary. And then you get these, like, namby-pamby. Like, everything's okay. Like, Little Red Riding Hood didn't get eaten. In fact, even Grandma didn't get eaten. She was locked in a closet. Which, like, why would a wolf even do that? So, I, I appreciate that the man is not only eaten... But he is usually in these children's books, like he's, they're eaten in one gulp. Oh, no. He's torn to shreds. He's torn to freaking shreds because it is getting not at him, but at the Taily Poe. Right. So, <laughs> respect. Um, and I love Paul, Paul, you know, Paul Galdon's art is, as you say, gorgeous. Um, but I'm, I'm just a six. I'm just a six on that one. That's but okay. it's still, still a classic. A classic. Nice. Yay! Nice way to end the month. Exactly. I thought this was, you know, of all the books we've done... <laughs> This is a good this, Halloween one. We ended with murder. 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 Um, which reminds me, so for letters time, we, we got some messages today uh, from a concerned reader, or listener, rather, 
a uh, concerned listener who who knows this show very well and was was concerned about the last the last episode. Now, I have to apologize to you. Um, when we recorded this, the, the podcast on The Stranger, I made assumptions about the book, uh, particularly what the book was about, that I assumed you were on the same page as me. And apparently you weren't, and I, as I have found out uh, by this helpful, helpful listener, uh, who has said that you didn't get that The Stranger was Jack Frost. No, I didn't get that at all. That's fascinating. I thought you you were totally aware and you were pulling the alien theory as a ludicrous counter theory. Ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous counter theory. What? In in because obviously obviously it wasn't obvious. It was Jack Frost because you know the thermometer you know it's all the way to the bottom because he was so cold. When he blows across the soup, everyone thinks they feel a breeze. There's always wind throughout the entire thing. He blows on the leaf, it turns orange. He's wearing leather clothes. Uh, I, I just assumed that was, and I just totally, and then I, and then I read the New York Times article by Anne Rice, but I kind of skimmed over the fact that the title of that was Jack Frost Has Amnesia, um, oh. which you hadn't commented on because I thought you were like, well, duh. No. Jack Frost has amnesia. Why do we have to be so obvious about that? Yeah, no, I didn't get that okay i didn't <laughs> I, I i apologize to you i should have picked up on that i just i this is the problem with someone who reads this book too much having pre-set in like what's the word i'm thinking of uh assumptions about the books that are not in tandem with someone who has seen these books for the first time gotcha yeah anyway that's the only letter. Okay. So there you go. All right. Grown-up things we like. Have you heard of the New York Restoration Project? Tell me more. It was founded by Bette Midler, mm-hmm. and its goal is to make New York greener, literally. Like, it plants. their goal is to plant trees, renovate gardens, restore parks, transform out I mean, open spaces throughout New York's five boroughs. Um it turns out that in order to help raise money, um, Ben Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and Jimmy are coming together for a one-time what? live event called In Search of the Sanderson Sisters, a Hocus Pocus Halloween Takeover. Wait, where will they be? It's going to be broadcast online. You can get tickets online. And it's uh, hosted by Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And it's Wait, featuring people. Not the original Elvira. Oh, yeah. And How old it's, is Elvira? I don't know. And it's uh, featuring people like Glenn Close, Billy Crystal, Jamie Lee Curtis, Meryl Streep, um, some SNL folks, other surprise guests. It's It's got quite the, uh, the guest list. And it's on Friday, October 30th. Um, and they send you a link, and it's going to be broadcast only once. And I bought my ticket. It's $10, and it goes to a good cause. And say it one more time where the proceeds go to. It, the proceeds go to the New York Restoration Project. That's great. That's great. So Aww. that's what I'm going to be doing on Friday night. You and every other millennial out there. Yep. That's right. Well, uh, that is awesome. Uh, mine mine is actually grown-up-ish. Normally, I just take things that seem like they're grown-up, or actually are for children. Uh, but not this time. Uh, you, you were familiar with Humans of New York. Yes. You're right. So 
the the fellow who who does Humans of New York, you know, he goes around New York City, he takes pictures of people, and then they they say things about themselves, and you get these really nice little slice of life things. Had you had you heard about his recent project with Tanqueray? No, but I know that there's a book coming out. There is a book. I believe it is even out as we speak because I was in a bookstore today and I saw it. Um, and so it, a lot of it features Tanqueray. So Tanqueray was... Oh, the uh, African-American woman that used to be a... Burlesque dancer in yeah. the 60s and the 70s. Yes. So she is utterly... He had, he had featured her, but they became friends. And then she she was, you know, she her housing... You know, she doesn't have, like, savings, and her housing was in trouble. And he decided to help her out. So he did this long series of interviews with her, like, one a day, um, in the hopes of sort of raising some money so that she'll have, like, a cushion to kind of fall back on and, and you know, be able to get some housing security. Um, he raised $2.5 million wow. for her. Yes. Uh, she's 76. And her stories, I read some of them are fantastic. Now, you can find them in the new Humans of New York, which I think is just called Humans, uh, book, which is is out right now. Or but Instagram. If, or Instagram, yes. And if you go to his Instagram, you can find the story. I think there's still, a lot of them are still up there. And they are magnificent. They are so much fun to read. Yeah. A lot of name dropping. Just really, but just her life itself is just fascinating. So that is my favorite thing right now. That's very grown up. Thank you. I feel very grown up. And so now you're going to give me like, what, four Thanksgiving books? Uh, no. <laughs> I will be lucky if I can find one. I'm sure people will have recommendations. All right, folks. If you have recommendations of a Lord help us Thanksgiving book, I suspect. It has to be I know least... exactly the one you'll say, but I could be wrong. And if you, if anyone at least says 10 the one years I'm old. thinking of. Oh, I know there's one I, I, I can think of. And so, but let's see. Let's see. Folks, if you have a Thanksgiving book, you can write us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. And yeah, so until that point, though, I think I've been Betsy. I, uh, I've been Kate. I, that's my Taylor Poe impersonation. That's very, I like your Taylor Poe. Thank you. That's very good. Very good. <laughs> All right. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Head and Time, and our side hustle is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird. <laughs>